I remember when I got my, fir- my first paycheck and the next day I had to pay rent and I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's not much left. Hello, good podcast listeners. My name is Joshua and this is The Art of Money Saving. Today, I'm joined by Laura and Laura runs a page called Thrifty Londoner. And we begin our conversation, of course, talking about London and what it's like to live in London or high-cost living cities. Later in the podcast, we start to focus more on side hustles. So what it means to start a side hustle, Laura talks about her own side hustle toolkit, which she designed. Hope this episode proves informative. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for, for coming on. You are Laura, and you run a page called Thrifty Londoner. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I, I'm originally from Guernsey in Channel Islands. Um, no way! Guernsey is so yeah. cool! <laughs> have you been? Yeah, I have. I went for work no. one time. I did a really nice concert in Guernsey on the pier. It was lovely. <sighs> Oh my god, no one's ever been to Guernsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's quite different from London. Um so yeah, like I I moved to London like um uh, a couple of years after I finished uni. Um and yeah, I've been living here for the last four years. Um and just wanted to experience life in the city, I guess. Um so yeah, when I moved to London, I was on a fairly low wage, like by London standards. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of quickly realised that I needed to get a bit more of um, a grip on my finances, basically. A bit more control over my money to avoid going into debt and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I started budgeting, I started side hustling. Um, and then, yeah, like two years ago, I started Thrifty Londoner um and just started sharing information about personal finance money management so you're quite ahead of the time actually because a lot of the the channels that i follow are they're nowhere near two years old so you're one of the the oldies actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess so um yeah it 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 was uh thrifty london was two years old in july that. So, congratulations yeah. that's really cool Thanks. and I, I very yeah. very interesting to hear what you said that actually living in london that the city kind of confronted you to to think well either I, I always think london presents you with two options either you you go for it and you you go to all the pubs all the bars you you live the high life and then move somewhere else or you 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 try and budget your way through it and uh, I think we've we've both chosen the the budget option, which is which is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing because, um, you know, I guess I've I've always been like okay with money, um, and so maybe it was easier to kind of take that route rather than going all out um, and spending loads and loads of money, <laughs> like like which is, a lot of people do, and you know it's it's fair enough if you want to if you want to do that um i'm the same yeah it comes <laughs> it comes naturally to me to I'm, I'm more naturally inclined to be that way but mm. it's such an expensive city that 
you can find yourself getting more out of control, but not like crazy, crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think for me, like um, the hardest thing is socializing and all that kind of thing. Um, Because you want to you want to make the most of London while you're here, but it comes at a financial cost usually so. so that is that probably the biggest difference from from Guernsey life like you can just pop out see your friends and socialize quite easily and reasonably priced and here in London you have to maybe traipse across the whole of London head to a bar yeah definitely I mean it's, it's even like um the cost of traveling to places um and the cost of living is just so much higher um so when I was living in Guernsey I lived with my parents um when I lived in Manchester my rent was a lot cheaper um so yeah I think it's the big one isn't it the the (laughs) living costs are they are astronomical uh they're they're just they're very high and that's the biggest um the biggest concern or biggest obstacle for for anyone wanting to move to London or anyone that lives here is you you kind of need a big fat salary to for the for the big fat rents isn't it and that's that's challenging isn't it yes definitely I definitely found that a big shock like you know um I remember when I got my my first paycheck and the next day I had to pay rent and I was like (laughs) (laughs) there's not much left oh my gosh um so yeah yeah I think that was the kind of wake-up call I needed to you know start managing money better and start finding ways to save money very good and how long have you been in London um it's been just over four years yeah okay okay yeah Yeah. how about you I've been here well I've been here on and off I started my university studies in 2008 so I haven't lived here exclusively the whole time, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with with the city. Yeah, mm. is it possible to become thrifty in London? Like, what are your? Do you give away all of your your tips and tricks on your on your Instagram about these kind of things? It's like, I think making it habitual is um, is the key, really, to living in London for less money. Mm, you're right. Yeah, you. You have to really choose choose to do that yeah. and to keep keep going with it. So find those those moments where you can save and and stick with it because you're not necessarily going to see those benefits in, in a week or two weeks. You might do so over a month or a couple of couple of months. Definitely. So like one thing I've tried um, to make a habit of is buying as much as I can secondhand. Um, and I've been doing that for a few years now and it really makes such a difference. Um, and even, you know, on places like eBay, um, and other kind of online marketplaces, you can get things, you know, brand new in a box (laughs) for half the price. So, you know, it's just kind of maybe taking a bit more time, um, when you're purchasing and being conscious about it yeah like even even going to ebay as opposed to amazon i think a lot of people they they just out of habit click on amazon like a habitual thing as you said but the exactly same the the exact same product is on ebay 
and it's probably considerably cheaper. So I found myself using eBay a lot more, although these days it's not used as much, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely find that really helpful. And um, yeah, I don't think people should shy away from secondhand stuff. Um, Usually you can buy better quality, perhaps, than you might be able to when you buy new. Um, So yeah, that's definitely one of my thrifty tips for living in london fantastic and when you when you say second hand things is this normally are they like clothes or just just day-to-day things that you you use could be anything um clothes definitely but if i'm buying something new um i'll always just see if i can get it second hand first like this microphone that i'm speaking into is second hand um furniture actually mine too Ah. there we go (laughs) (laughs) i got mine on facebook market and i i got a really good price and it it, it saved me a considerable amount of money so and the man that i bought it from was so nice as well he gave me like an online tutorial about how best to use the microphone which was so (laughs) sweet that's amazing (laughs) you didn't get that um, from amazon do you I know exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, because that's always been something that intrigues me about the big, the big cities. Is you you always get this impression that that it's impossible to to live there on a budget. But I, it's really good to hear your story that actually coming to London encouraged you more to become more thrifty or more likely to, to budget and i think that's a really excellent way of of thinking about it fantastic um now the, we mentioned living costs briefly am i am i right in thinking that you were talking about the idea of home ownership yeah at some point yes so um yeah i guess well the the thing with um buying a first home is that it's I found it really hard to figure out where to go, like where to buy. <laughs> um, and for ages, like my partner and I, we thought we'll buy in London. Um, and then we thought, actually, we want more space. You know, like if, um, I don't know, in like five years or so, we want to have a family, we can't have a one bedroom flat. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess we're in a position now where we've saved up enough money to buy our first home um but I think it's more likely that we won't buy in London so we'll probably just kind of sit on that idea until we're ready to leave um and either move to the suburbs or move somewhere completely different um but yeah like it's definitely something I'm excited about but I think we still have a few more years uh, in London ahead of us so that's very cool and I was listening to I think it's this is money podcast and they talk a lot about the property market there and they're saying that surprisingly that the the coronavirus just it hasn't impacted the the housing market as in declining or becoming more cheaper uh, cheaper it's really people are, are moving house a lot I think this idea of what you touched on so not having enough space, wanting to move somewhere where you have more space, a garden and so forth, the, the lockdown really had an effect on that. And so people are working from home, wanting to maximize those opportunities. So it's interesting that 
even though you haven't bought, you're kind of ver- or verging towards the same kind of idea that space is is important. And would you want to be near to the city, or that's not yet kind of decided? I really, I don't know yet. Like, I think, um, I don't know. To be to be honest, I'm kind of more of a country person at heart um i yeah i miss island life a lot um in the city oh yeah, that's nice yeah, I miss the sea. <laughs> um, it, it's a very hard question to answer yeah. like where do you see yourself in five years well i don't know yeah. <laughs> you tell me it's it's very very difficult and i think uh that that's why it's i think it's really great to hear that actually you're you're holding off on the decision because who knows what could happen in the next couple of years and that particular thing might really change on where where you see yourself so i think that's that's very very sensible but i at least in my experience it was really good to dip my toe in in the water of seeing what it takes to talk to the banks and see what's important credit ratings blah 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 and i I didn't know so much about it until I actually started to do it and I didn't end up buying a property but I feel at least now I know what's what's involved and that that was a really positive thing actually. I mean it's becoming increasingly more difficult to buy in somewhere like London but things like shared ownership that's becoming more popular and mm-hmm. and, and things like that so there there are options out there but good to hear that you're not jumping into a decision um that you're not quite decided on i think that's really yeah. important and some i don't know what do you think i because th- you're you're renting at the moment do you feel like um a personal finance pressure that you you must buy or that is the the best financial decision for you to to make or do you feel kind of content renting or how do you feel about that yeah, it's a funny one because um, I definitely feel content renting in London. Um, and that is partly because the place we rent right now is actually really great value. Um, and if we were to buy this same property, we'd be paying more each month um, for our mortgage. And and also, like I said, it it kind of, because we want to move somewhere in a couple of years, um, and we don't know where it gives us that flexibility <laughs> so that's what i really love about Absolutely. renting you're not tied down to somewhere um and we've been told so many times like why don't you just buy somewhere in london um and for <laughs> us it, it just doesn't work because even if we had bought right at the start of when we moved to london four years ago um it still would have cost so much money in fees and all the rest of it um yeah, that I'm still pleased with. Yeah, renting. it's kind of it's sometimes often presented as a very simplistic thing, you know, or oh, just just buy a house, but yeah. <laughs> it's a hugely complicated thing, isn't it? And it's a huge purchase. And you're right with those fees that and what you said about thinking ahead about family because if you buy a one bedroom place and then two years you have to move. It's pretty expensive. And I th- I think because because we don't see that Maybe because we don't see the money in our hands, we we kind of forget how much that costs. But yeah. um, I think I often fall into that trap myself when I, um, with taxation or, or th- things that are 
the, the money doesn't pass through your hands. So you're kind of like, well, it doesn't matter. And you kind of forget that it that it does actually cost you money. You just don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't feel too much pressure about buying. I think it's it's something that I definitely want. Um, but I think you've said to me before, there's definitely like a kind of obsession in the UK about buying a house. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. There is, so, uh, particularly at the age that I'm at, the grand old age of 31, once you hit your 30s, you know, it's kind of, well, why why don't you own your own home? And it, it's yeah. <laughs> been very interesting for me to to kind of really grapple and battle with with this idea. So why is that important to me? Why do I want to make that a thing? Whereas actually where I am in life doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right thing for me. So mm. I really thought about that quite quite a lot and, and came to the decision that, like you, that I'm quite comfortable renting for the time being until I can purchase somewhere, um, maybe further down the line. And it almost certainly won't be in London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of value for money and, and space, um, I don't. I don't have to be in in London for for day to day working, so it, it wouldn't really make sense. So, but I love I love being in London. I I love the city. I love the vibrance. It's and I would be very sad. Well, I will be very sad the day that I have to leave. It's a case of the grass is always greener. You know, like when you're in London and you're living in a tiny flat, you think, oh, if I lived up north. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could have or in Guernsey. Have, yeah, <laughs> I could have all the space. But I'm sure if if we move there now, um, we'd think, oh God, I'm so bored. Like I miss I miss London. I miss the city. So yeah, it's yeah. it's tricky. But you could still be the thrifty Londoner even if you're living in Manchester. I mean, it's your identity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll always be a Londoner. <laughs> so your Instagram page. And you've just released this side hustle toolkit, right? Which sounds really, really interesting. Tell us a little bit about what what that is and what the idea behind it is, the side hustle, side hustle toolkit. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I wanted to create um, a kind of program because um, I love side hustling. I think it's, it's a really amazing thing to do to um, kind of, have control over an income stream of sorts and I think it can provide a lot of security um and you know if if the worst happens and you know you lose your job or whatever you've got some income hopefully coming in that you can rely on um and I love a project (laughs) so that that's another reason I love side hustling because it just gives me the opportunity to do something a bit different from my day job um and everything else. So I'm a big fan of side hustles. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to make a program that could help other people um, kind of find that for themselves. Because I've had lots of conversations about um, people feeling apprehensive or like fearful around starting a side hustle. Um, mm. You know, kind of scared of uh, what people might think you know judgment from other people um or maybe they don't know what to do or they don't know how to get started um or even like there's 
there's a few people who I've spoken to who've got an idea but they're just kind of sitting on it and they I don't know they're just kind of dithering about taking action because they don't know if it's right for them or you know for for whatever reason they haven't got started um so yeah it's it's easy isn't it to 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 have a great idea and just to let it kind of brew and and not to make anything of it it's so easy to do that and one of the things that i'm i've learned in the lockdown is that you might have a great idea in your head and you think oh this this is going to be great and it'll appeal to everyone. Everyone's going to want this product and it's going to go so well. Everyone, And you try it out and no one orders it at all. <laughs> and actually the, the thing that you thought won't, won't be a success at all gets you the most orders. Like you can't really plan how, it, how it's going to go. And the thing that I've learned most is it's okay to, to fail. It's okay to try yeah. an idea, yeah. to put in a bit of work, and for it not to work out, it, it, and it's, and also like, it's not like a big traumatic emotional trauma. You just like, okay, no one bought that. Okay, on to the next thing, and you just yeah. try out a new idea. Exactly. Yeah, and I, that, I think that's the best way to think about it. Is it's a project, or think of it as a learning experience of some kind. Um, and yeah, you know, don't get too caught up in pressurizing yourself to make loads of money or to make loads of sales or whatever kind of just enjoy the experience i think um yeah very much so and have fun with it you know if it's going to be something that you're going to do on the side make it be something that you enjoy because you're gonna if you enjoy doing it or more actually if you hate doing it then you're not really going to want to do that thing when you've got home after a long day of work so it is important to have that sense of enjoyment and to push the boundaries of what you what you do and to, to think, like, what else can I do? I came up with one last week. I mean, it's hilarious. I, I had such fun making it. And it's the stupidest thing ever. And I have <laughs> no idea whether anyone will buy it or purchase it. And if they don't, then I invested, like, half an hour of my life and that's fine. But it, I just took um, some some video clips of the queen and i thought you know what i can i i have a um, uh, profile on on fiverr which is a freelancing site in in the u.s and you, there's you can find anything on fiverr so i mm-hmm. thought well i can you know i can wish ha- some someone happy birthday from the queen so i do a little voice with the queen and i have all of these videos and, and images from the queen and buckingham palace and it, it, it was really fun and creative to to make that but no one's ordered it. Now, does that mean that I kind of wasted half an hour? Maybe, but maybe someone will order it. And that, that'll that be a nice little little side hustle. Who knows? <laughs> that's so fun. I think, I think that's exactly what it should be. It should just be something fun and exciting. And especially because we're in lockdown, well, we're going into lockdown very imminently. Why not mm. just do something fun for yourself? Like, just be creative or yeah just start an exciting project i think you know there's there's no harm in doing that and well we are all now is the time isn't yeah. it it's a perfect opportunity if you're going to be stuck at home with your computer that that's another what, what are your thoughts about that so one important idea for me with the side hustles was it that it is something that i can take with me so if i do traveling for work 
I can take the computer with me and I can still do that wherever I am. And I, I really like that idea of the flexibility of online work. Me too. I love that idea. Um, and I guess part of my like pipe dream, if you like, for the future mm. um, would be to like split my time between the UK, Guernsey, the rest of the world um, and be able to kind of pick up and leave whenever I whenever I feel wow. like it. So like a digital nomad yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. That's cool. Definitely. That's cool. But it's becoming much more common these days, isn't it? The digital nomad lifestyle. Definitely. And particularly if you're working on online and you have you have a very uh, prominent Instagram following in the personal finance community. So I think that that would absolutely be be achievable in a couple of years' time. But it's, but again, you know, it's not what I what I like about chatting to you is you. There's no pressure. You're not forcing yourself to, to go down one particular avenue. You're like oh, I could do this, I could do that. We'll see what happens. And I, I like <laughs> that kind of relaxed, relaxed attitude. Um, you're not boxing yourself into a particular situation. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think um that's the other thing when you when you start a side hustle. Um you kind of wa- you want to think a little bit about at the start about whether you want to maybe take it into a full-time business one day and if that is something that's in the back of your mind. Um yeah, I think it's kind of important to think about that right at the start because if that is your goal, um like you said, like being an online business can be really beneficial and, you know, you can see if your side hustle kind of could fit that model. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Mm. So, since you're the side hustle queen, I will take this opportunity <laughs> to, to to grill you. So, I started uh, a side hustle back in in March, and it was to do. So, I, normally I work on the stage. So, I I sat down and thought, what are my transferable skills? And I came up with confidence coaching. Now, that's dealing with people that you know either. Maybe they have a YouTube account or maybe they're speaking in for for a wedding or public speaking. And I thought, actually, I, maybe I could help people with that. And, you know, it was, it was just an idea and I, I tried it out and it turned out to be something I, I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that very, very passively since uh, March and working with lots of very interesting people. So now I'm kind of at the crux where... I'm at that moment where either you choose to continue to do it very passively and think, oh, this is just a nice thing that happens, you know, when it comes. Mm. Or do you try and move that into something more intentional? So I've started 
trying to move it into something more intentional. And one interesting thing that happened to me yesterday was there was someone who had previously ordered with me. No, that's not true. Someone who is going to order Mm -hmm. and I I changed some of my prices. So they, they hadn't ordered for a few weeks and then came back to me and said, oh, you changed your prices. Well, because I was only charging five dollars for some coaching. I mean, that's basically doing it for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and they kind of said, "Oh well, I don't want it at the new price." And that was really interesting because then I started to think, "Well, what kind of clientele am I am I trying to to get on board? Mm. Is this is this side hustle? Am I only able to earn five dollars maximum from?" from this and how would I move that further down the line so yeah what what are your what are your thoughts about that no pressure (laughs) (laughs) no well um I think that sounds like something you could definitely charge a lot more than five dollars (laughs) for I was just thinking I agree (laughs) (laughs) I was even just thinking to myself Oh, I could take some confidence coaching. That sounds great. <laughs> no, you're full of confidence. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think like you mentioned about your your clientele, like um, I think it's important to maybe find a niche that you want to operate in. Um, and, mm. you know, it, if it's people who maybe they're a business owner themselves and they like you say maybe yeah, they you're right. work on, want to work yeah. on YouTube they want to expand into that um, I'm always so scared of going niche because I feel that it's too niche but you're right I should I should uh, think about reaching out to a specific type of of client and then because I have already been working with people that generally want to improve the same kind of thing so one of the challenges that I found just in the early stages is with the personal finance community you type in hashtag debt free you hashtag personal finance or fire community whatever and you you instantly see a group of people that that share vaguely the same path that you're on if you're talking Mm. about finances great problem that I have with a confidence coach if you if you have hashtag confidence coach or confidence or and you get a real variety of of types of people so it's body confidence or corporate confidence or and it's not particularly defined very well so it's much harder to to tap into that niche so I think that's going to be one of the challenges but that shouldn't shouldn't put you off trying yeah give it a go Yeah, and you can kind of do research on various social platforms to see where your customers might hang out. Like, um, you know, if you were doing something for business owners, you might look on LinkedIn. Um, Twitter has various functions where you can literally like type in, I don't know, marketing manager or something and people who have that in their bio will come up and stuff like that. So yeah, I think there is definitely ways and means of of finding your customers online uh, that's a really good point yeah yeah i think it is a more of a yeah it's more of a twitter linkedin world i think and i 
because I work in the arts world, I've never done LinkedIn because it's <laughs> corporate. But suddenly I found myself in this position where I'm talking, I'm coaching people. I I was coaching this lady on her PhD presentation. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's so much fun. Yeah, really, really fun. That sounds awesome. And I think that's that's one of the, the great things about side hustle is it kind of reinvigorates you. You know, you you then go back to the day job and you're learning all of these different skills. I think it's a really a really positive thing. So tell us more about what the course what the course does. Like how, how will that help people out that are wanting to start a new side hustle? Yeah, so it's it's kind of designed for for anyone who wants to start a side hustle really. Um but yeah, hasn't taken action yet for whatever reason. Um and it's set over nine chapters and it's a mixture of text and also workbook pages so it's kind of like a self-study program um and so at the beginning we talk about um like sorry overcoming (laughs) limited beliefs um and kind of getting over any kind of mindset blocks if you like um which are getting Mm. in your way and this is something that I struggled with so I I had the idea for Thrifty Londoner maybe a year before I actually launched it Um, and I was worried about people who knew me thinking why is Laura writing a blog oh my god she's talking on Instagram (laughs) stories it's so embarrassing Um, and I was just yeah I was worried about about judgment from others Um, and that is why I sat on the idea for so long Um, so yeah that chapter kind of explores all that kind of stuff um and how to kind of reframe those ideas that you might be having um and try and overcome them um although kind of self-doubt doesn't ever maybe go away as such but you kind of just have to think what's the worst that could happen or you know absolutely yeah 100 percent. so what made you kind of take the plunge in the end so you waited that all of that time and then you decided there was a moment so you said right now i'm gonna make thrifty london (laughs) (laughs) well um i don't know i think i just spoke to one of my friends about it and they were like just go for it um and actually i took a blogging course as well so i think I can't remember how much I spent. It was just over £100, I think. Um, So a big enough investment for me to think, okay, this is it now. I have to to do this. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, that's what made me me launch it. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure it sounds like that's going to be a really helpful tool for a lot of the people that that follow you. So if people are lacking that, that direction or don't really have the confidence or just think oh this isn't really for me then they can go and look at this this toolkit and and all of those all of that information is there and laid out for them really clearly i I think that's amazing so with your with your instagram following instagram following so instagram (laughs) i don't know why i said that (laughs) um do you is there a particular type of audience that you have there are you speaking to a core group of people or or is it very varied um i would say it's it's definitely predominantly women um who follow me on instagram and they're usually a similar age to me they're probably between 25 and 35 um 
mm-hmm. millennial women. That's exactly the same as my analytics. Yeah. So I had nine, a 98% following from women and they fall into the same age category. Yeah. Which is really interesting for me because I find myself having to try and put myself in the shoes of of women thinking right what to do what do they want to hear what do they want to see it's really hard for me as a guy because the way that i present on youtube for example it's i think what i've come to learn is each social media platform has um has a different purpose Mm -hmm. exactly what you were saying about linkedin and twitter and you can't just use all of these things in the same way. You have to delve in and, and start to learn about how to use these different tools. So that's been a huge learning curve for me. And I mean, I'm certainly still on it. Uh, but that's that's it's good to know. So how has that developed over your time? How you how you talk to your audience? How you how you speak to them? Yeah, like I think um, when I first started my Instagram page, I was sharing a lot of pictures of London, um, kind of, uh, I don't know, personal finance is actually quite a big, wide niche. um, And it was kind of coupled with living in London kind of content. Um, But more recently, I've tried to um, not be such a magpie and share all kinds of different stuff. um, But instead, I'll just tend to share more personal finance related things rather than sharing things like um you know this is a really nice door or something you know that that kind of stuff um yeah. I tr- i've tried to focus yeah. it more into um like helpful information um about personal finance absolutely so one of the things that i'm i've kind of the, the penny somehow just kind of dropped for me yesterday or the day before yesterday and i was like it's it is hard to try and put yourselves in the shoes of of someone that's that's viewing your account and and try to think well what what do you want them to see what do you want them to take away from that and i just i've just been putting things on that I, that maybe that i think about so if i have a thought i'm like oh that i'll share that that that's interesting to me and i've started to learn now you need to be more clear and intentional with what what you're going to say and not only say it once so i've just started yesterday trying to do more of a, a weekly theme so not just one post on a particular area but to continue the theme throughout the week and then that gives a, an opportunity for people to maybe to see that one post but then also to to look back at other posts and i think it gives more of a comprehensive view of what you're what you're trying to talk about and I'm pleased that I'm doing that because that's one of the problems that I had with Instagram is that I felt like you're not able to expand on that information like you are on a podcast yeah. or on YouTube. But with multiple posts, you can. And I think that's that's been a a learning um, learning curve for me. Yeah, I th- it's just all about experimenting, I think, isn't it? And just seeing what works best for your audience. Um, and yeah, like I think... I think Instagram can sometimes um, take up so much of your time as well. So it's kind of important to have that focus so that you don't get lost in just scrolling and scrolling and, you know, that kind of thing. That's very, that's a good point, isn't it? And with uh, 
a friend recommended to me that I watch the the Social Dilemma on on Netflix. I don't know if you've yeah, seen it, I but seen that. it it gives you yeah, it's a very very interesting documentary. It's quite scary actually, and it talks about social media and the the dangers for society and 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 things like that. But I must say, from from a personal finance perspective, it, it's just been very very helpful having that information online. And I. But I do completely agree with you, what you're saying. That if you're intentional with what what is your message, what you want to say in this particular week, then it makes it easier to log in, do what you want to do, and then kind of go away. And I think that's really good that you have that, that intention. That's, a, that's an excellent tip for, for anyone wanting to do social media, I think. And you have your own podcast as well. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm subscribed. I'm subscribed. <laughs> I listened to a few episodes. I think it's really great. Yeah. And that, again, is on a kind of a side hustle theme, it isn't is. it? It is, yeah. So it's called How They Hustle. Um, and, yeah, I interview um, various people either about their side hustles or um, their full-time jobs, if they're self-employed or if they've kind of taken that journey from side hustle to full-time business owner. Um so yeah, it's been really interesting to speak to such a variety of different people who have taken these different directions. Yeah, so we've got like a life coach, yeah. um, someone who does full-time blogging, a photographer, um, yeah, a writer, a ghostwriter, all kinds of different people have come on um, and yeah, just kind of told the story of how they got started. That that's absolutely my favorite thing about podcasting is you just get to meet these people and speak to them like people that you would never otherwise meet certainly not on the yeah. street and it's just so nice to have an opportunity just to hear their story what they're up to hear a different point of view I absolutely love it it's it's such a such a positive thing for yes, me yes I totally agree yeah it's a lovely way to kind of yeah like you say and you don't often get to talk to someone about a very specific topic at length like even if you met someone for coffee you ne wouldn't necessarily stick to one topic um and get to interview them <laughs> yeah that's true yeah it is it is does mean that the the topic of conversation is very focused mm -hmm. so you you often go down these these various rabbit holes or places that you would never go otherwise but i, th I think it's interesting it's it's really really cool and Moving on from the podcast, um, I wanted to ask you then, kind of doing a, a full circle, going back to how you how you spend money, and one thing I, I like to ask people is, do you have any kind of embarrassing financial memories, like an embarrassing purchase or a funny story? I do. So, the most embarrassing... <laughs> you say that with great fear. Yeah. <laughs> So the most embarrassing one, I think, was this is before I lived in London. Um, I was staying at a hotel and the bill was about £500. Um, and I thought that the hotel had taken the money out of my account um, at the time that I booked it. Um, so that was like months earlier. I thought, you know, I'd already paid it. Um, and I was freaking out because I was so certain that they had already taken this money. So I called my bank yeah. to check because I was like, they've definitely taken it out. This was this was before I had <laughs> online banking as well, so I, I couldn't um, very easily check. Um, but no, 
um they they confirmed that the hotel hadn't taken any money <laughs> um so that was really embarrassing um and yeah that was oh, that was no. before i started to manage my money very well and um actively check my bank accounts but i remember being so annoyed <laughs> with myself i was like i cannot believe this i can't believe i've done this and then um, yeah i mean that's a big surprise yeah. 500 pounds as well that's not you know 20 yeah. 30 pound mistake <laughs> wow that's yeah. a good one that's one of the best ones we've oh, had so God, far honestly <laughs> i was so embarrassed but yeah we live and learn and now online banking is a thing so it's we so much i find that so much easier to keep track than uh, you know a paper statement um so yeah i know it's hard to believe isn't it when you think back to the bank sending you statements in the post yeah. and having to highlight i mean it's just like that's another world it's so it's so much easier these days i, I really appreciate that all of the mm. online stuff and what about do you feel that you're on you're on your own personal finance journey and and that you kind of know what your goals are? Do you listen to any other UK-based personal financings or or podcasts or yeah. anything like that? Yeah. So recently, um, one of my new favorite podcasts is uh, Mama Furfers, and her podcast is called The Prosperity Project, I think. Um, and yeah, I just okay. I didn't know yeah, she had a, a podcast. I've been, That's cool. I've been loving listening to it. It's um, Jennifer and her husband, and um, yeah, she's uh, Jennifer's like a That's a yeah, good recommendation. And Jennifer's like a Scottish lady, and she has this amazing voice. So it's yeah, it's lovely to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a very good presenter. She's she's very engaging yeah. on the camera. She has a good um, YouTube yes, channel. Yeah. And, a good social media presence. I, I like I like um, her posts. She really encourages other people to go on and to to do their best and to to maximize things. So it's it's always good that someone at the at the top is encouraging people at the bottom to to go from it. Because I think sometimes you could think that when you're at the top, you could say, "Oh well, I'll just keep to myself, I'll keep yeah. all my secrets <laughs> to myself." But she's not. She's sharing all of her tips, and that's yeah, very very generous. <laughs> brilliant well i will wrap up the podcast there i just want to say thank you so much for for coming on and sharing all of your your thrifty tips where can people find you yeah so um people can find me um on my website which is thriftylondoner.com um instagram is at thriftylondoner so guys it's time to wrap up the podcast here i hope you enjoyed this episode as always if you enjoyed the episode make sure you share it with a friend because it really helps us grow the podcast as much as possible keep an eye out for future episodes and see you next time ciao